Hello and welcome to the Cloud Core Podcast, brought to you by Nordcloud, where we discuss everything cloud. Now sit back, relax, listen in, and enjoy. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Cloud Core Podcast, where today we are talking about uh, sustainability. And I already know I'll have to re-record this because of <laughs> how I pronounce sustainability, but never mind that. And today again, I'm joined by two of my colleagues from NorthCloud who are very proficient in this topic. We have got Tanya and we've got Quentin. Thank you both for spending some time with me today. I would like to start with a quick intro. Tanya, why don't we start with you first? If you could tell our listeners or viewers what your role is in NordCloud and how you came into the sustainability space in the first place. Thanks, Wojciech. So uh, my name is Tanja Petrella and I'm a senior advisor at NordCloud. And um, uh, my professional background for uh, years long has been in change management. So people change management and communications. But then since about a year, I've been focusing on uh, IT sustainability. And I think this two uh, competence areas quite nicely support each other. So I feel there is a mm -hmm. kind of human, human-centric uh, aspect in the sustainability as well. So trying to save the planet for, for future generations to come. Good, thank you. Quentin, how about you? Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Quentin. I started my career as an environmental engineer, so advising companies um, and collectivities on how to reduce their footprint, um, environmental footprint, um, and, you know, giving general advice and also providing reports and calculation re related to that. Um, re more recently, in the past five, six years, I've been involved in IT and, and in data, data engineering, to be exact. And now my role in NorCloud is a bit more uh, broad as I am taking care of the partnership with Google Cloud. Uh, mm -hmm. on the CTO technical kind of uh, basis. But I'm happy to continue talking about this topic that is uh, really important, at least to me. Yes, you have got a very interesting blend with your background of previously being just purely sustainability related and now also bringing in the technical components. So that will be very interesting going forward in our discussion. Uh, but starting off, I'd like to uh, ask in general, about sustainability, because in our business, in IT, when somebody talks about sustainability, IT is not the first thing that comes to mind, right? We think sustainability, we, at least myself, I'm thinking pollution, I'm thinking big factories, um, transportation, and so on. From your experience or the data, what does it say about the impact that IT operations have in terms of sustainability? Well, the, the basic kind of premise, of course, is that whatever humans do and all economical activity somehow has an has an has a carbon impact, has an impact on on the environment and the and, and the climate. So mm -hmm. if we think about IT in general terms, then then kind of starting from uh, kind of mining the minerals to produce a computer to then producing, actually manufacturing the computer, using it, all of the electricity that you need for it. So very, very basic, basic thing that if you have a device that has been manufactured, then it comes with some sort of a carbon footprint. So somebody needs to package it and transport it and, and, and all of that. And then mm -hmm. when you go bigger, then when if you think about data centers, they are 
buildings with a lot of servers inside so they have they also come obviously with that with a, with an impact not just the electricity consumption of the servers but the production the land use the water consumption kind of everything that you need to power up the, the the building and maintain the building so a lot of i mean you can go on and on and on uh, in kind of going deeper and deeper into into all of the components that the IT yes. world in today consists of and if i may add of course when we talk about sustainability and the environmental footprint we should also try to look at not only carbon emissions but other indicators when we do these life cycle assessment reports usually we look at also like you know freshwater toxicity ecotoxicity for biodiversity for human life as well uh, tanya you mentioned mineral um, uh, extraction for batteries for example or even for metal uh, parts of computers or servers uh, all of these comes with you know different indicators and, and and kind of like impacts that are not really related to carbon emission but other impacts on like locally or even globally so sustainability in general is about taking the holistic picture from the beginning to the end of a production of a product uh, and how we deal with it at the end of the life cycle and it's the same for a service and it can be both like a collection of products and a collection of services so when we use uh, our computer, depending on how we power our computer and where we are in like what country, what ele electricity mix the country is using. If it's Germany, for example, there's more coal-based electricity plants. And if it's in France, for example, it's more nuclear plants. So then there's different impacts related to both uh, these, these sources. Uh, so this is taken into account. Same thing with data centers. When we talk about data centers, if it's handled by different companies uh, it can be powered by renewables or not and and all of these impacts really make it or make the whole it activity something quite significant because it's uh it's about using electricity or using resources and and how we we consume that and basically to be more sustainable anywhere and especially in it it's about being sober in where we consume, like we, we shouldn't try to overconsume, but we should try to consume smartly and hopefully less uh, to provide the same quality or the same value of products that we provide um, in this world, in this domain, IT domain. Can I still add to that? Because mm -hmm. I think this it's quite important when we talk about uh, environmental impacts of, of technology and, and information technology, that it's kind of an double-edged uh, sword in a, in a way so there is this now we talked about the kind of negative impacts of technology so so kind of the the the, the carbon footprint or the water usage things like that but mm -hmm. then again there is always the kind of uh, also the potential that technology has in kind of saving the world in a way you know so so we uh, also have this technology optimism in that sense that by building solutions and uh, for example utilizing data which i know quentin can talk much more about uh, mm -hmm. is uh, is also part of the solution so technology is by no means just a part of the problem but but definitely uh, a solution as well yeah that's a very good point i thought immediately about let's say a car sharing company for example and it has its technology which on the one side has a carbon footprint has some negative effect but in the end result of the service that the company is providing uses 
carbon emissions by taking several cars off the street and overall there might be a net benefit so that's a good point certainly so once again on the on the impact of the IT operations is that something that can be quantified or is significant enough for people and companies to to consider yes um, so I, I quite like to answer that question with a counter question so um, if you think about aviation mm-hmm. so airlines flying is that significant enough for us to to pay attention to and i think everybody would say yes i mean we always yeah. talk about the, uh, the 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 environmental of flying so mm-hmm. the it impact depending a little bit on what you take into the calculation is in the same ballpark or at least the half but if you take into account everything like the data centers and the consumers mm-hmm. and the organizations and the enterprise it you will land up uh, land in the same ballpark figure as aviation so the impact okay. of it globally uh, in a year is the same so oh. so it truly does make a difference and then also depending on the industry from where you come from uh, particularly in sort of information processing heavy sectors such as banking or insurance the portion of it related emissions as part of the company emissions can be very very high so on average it's something like eight percent uh, but um, it can go as high up as 45 percent um, oh, okay. depending of course on your sector because if mm-hmm. you're in a particularly emissions heavy uh, uh, sector then of course the it portion is smaller but on mm-hmm. average eight percent of all company emissions are related to to it so it's definitely something to pay attention to absolutely yeah makes sense exactly. so from your experience when you talk to customers are the it operations something that they do consider in terms of sustainability is it something that comes to mind and is it something that they should take into account more and more so, so we are very strongly pushing for this topic to the agenda of enterprises in, in, in general, we also see that there is the pull. So so it's not just us who want to talk about it, but there are companies are more and more interested in the whole value chain. So they want to understand the the environmental commitments and actions of all of the companies that, that they that they are dealing with. But also mm-hmm. in IT we see that this this topic is popping up in uh, in the IT department's agendas much more. So we do get people coming to us and, and asking for advice and asking asking for these services. And when we talk about them, there is it, it really truly resonates. But the but the question is there obviously all the time. So we get that a lot. That is this significant enough? And um, how would a company go about you know, starting the journey? when it comes to sustainability um, let's say it's not something that was on the map before but now due to various factors it's something that they want to invest in what's kind of the the starting point that uh, would be best to, to take a look at well it really depends on the maturity of the company right like you you mentioned that it might not be something on the map for the company or it, it might have been uh in my experience especially when we talk about multinationals so a very big corporate organization 
they always have like a, a sustainable uh, team or sustainability department uh, with mm -hmm. experts. Or if they don't, then they consult a third party uh, company that provides these services for them. And when it comes to IT, the first step usually is to try to collect quality data to understand where the impacts are. And then it's about um, consolidating this data estate to make sure they can build products that help them identifying in what, you know, in, the, in what step in the value chain uh, the impacts are and what are these impacts and which one to tackle first and then trying to reduce. So it's, 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 we talked about technology as a mean to um, improve sustainability and that's one way to go about it. And then there's also how to utilize resources. When I say resource, I mean data centers, uh, cloud providers, devices, and, and, and all of these manufacturers and choose the one that have uh, less negative impact uh, or that handles energy uh, more sustainably. So trying to power their data centers uh, more responsibly with renewables um, and supporting different targets that they, they may have. So basically it's about finding this osmosis between companies to try to tackle um, different angles uh, related or challenges related to sustainability. And these angles to sustainability can be really, really different from one company to another. So mm -hmm. uh, that's why I would kind of first say that do some sort of maturity assessment and baselining just to understand where you are. So really to set your priorities right so that you can then make those decisions about kind of what data am I going to be needing to be able to for example, prove that we have come down in terms of IT emissions. So, you know, first start with some sort of an understanding and assessment of your own department and the people and their knowledge and, and, and where are we and some sort of a baselining and goal setting and priority setting and then kind of pick your battles. So is it is it a is it a cloud migration that we want to focus on or is it something related to device reuse, or is it uh, that we want to define IT sustainability requirements for the vendors? So kind of the, the priority might be very, very different depending on, on, on where you are and from which uh, industry or from which sector the company is coming. Yeah, I guess it comes down to this old saying that you can't manage what you can't measure. So taking a baseline initially to, on the one side, decide where to focus your efforts, what your priority is, and on the other hand, also to be able to uh, compare later on, right, what the actual impact of your actions uh, was makes makes total sense to me. Um, both of you mentioned uh, in your answers cloud, so uh, obviously we want to talk about that as well, since it's at the heart of what we do here at NordCloud. So how does cloud fit into the picture uh, of uh, what we just discussed so far? Okay, so uh, my answer to that would be that cloud is one of the absolutely biggest drivers of IT sustainability. So, so companies do well if they focus their IT sustainability actions on cloud migration. So kind of it's fairly, at, at least from my perspective, I'm not sure if Quentin disagrees, but kind of from my perspective, I kind of say that rule number one is that get out of the on-prem data centers and you're already much better off. So even if you have 
a data center uh, of your own, which is powered by, let's say, 100% renewable energy, which is seldom the case, but might be the case, mm -hmm. uh, you're still better off uh, with the hyperscaler because the efficiencies that they can demonstrate simply because of the scale are so high that mm -hmm. you can't really compete with the kind of a big cloud service provider as as a kind of on-prem owner so that's that's that so there are kind of a lot of things where uh, which uh, which bring down the the environmental impact in in a cloud environment maybe to to add to this is like um in in the like the three big public hyperscalers so AWS, Google Cloud, and Azure, both, like all, all of them have um, big targets, ambitious targets into reducing their uh, their water usage, increasing their efficiencies, trying to extend the life cycle of servers. And, and Tanya, you mentioned scale. And of course, uh, with with their scale, it's a lot easier to handle these kind of like, like the whole life cycle of these servers and parts um, on, on their scale, global scale, and, and make sure it's a standard among all their data centers. And then they're investing in uh, renewable projects, uh, so renewable farms, whatever, if it's electric, hydro, wind. And and their perspective on, on this um, is also for them to reduce costs because there's a lot of studies that say that if you invest uh, and, and, and think about sustainably investing to reduce your environmental footprint in the mid to long term, you're going to have a return on investment that is more significant than if you continue doing business as usual, because you will be already independent from these fossil fuels and, and everything. So it's a drive both on trying to reduce their environmental footprint because they may believe in it, but it's also a drive, like economical drive. And I think that's also a drive for customers um, mm -hmm. in general. And, and, and in that sense, the clouds technically also provides a very good new potential levers. Like um, uh, the cloud per definition uh, has decoupled storage and computing. So basically processing data and storing data is, is done independently. Whereas if you keep your data in on your on-premise data center, then you will always have to over-dimension over provide your data centers with servers mm -hmm. that will be or disk that will be empty just because in the future you may need more data and same thing with uh, computing or processing data you need to have very good machines very strong machine and reliable machines that might run 24 7 just because yeah right now they're not utilized but uh, maybe in an hour there's going to be a workload that will utilize that machine whereas in the cloud it's what we call elastic so you only use the machines that you need uh, at that moment, and then it can upscale or downscale depending on on the needs. And there's different concepts that are that we can do on the cloud that we can do on premise. These serverless or event driven architectures. This is something else that um, we can look into later. But uh, this is something else that is very interesting to look at when we migrate to the cloud. And that's not something possible in uh, on prem. Yeah, it's a very good point you mentioned that. Uh, other than the obvious environmental reasons that you would want to invest into sustainability there might actually also be financial incentives and just might make sense from a bottom line to invest in it if it's something that can save you money and uh, in the tail end good um, when i prepared for this episode there was obviously some reading that i did and also some words i wasn't familiar with one of them is csrd and uh, can one of you explain what that is, what the acronym stands for, uh, and what the term represents? 
have been saying that uh, just when we had learned GDPR, and now we need to learn CSRD. <laughs> so <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. So uh, the acronym stands for a Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. So this is a new EU reporting kind of amendment to mm-hmm. to um, to earlier EU legislation to related to environmental reporting and um, it's much uh, wider than uh, the reporting obligation uh, has been before so now uh, with this um, CSRD um, more and more companies it's I can't remember now the percentage but it's kind of dramatically increasing the number Mm -hmm. of companies who will need to start reporting their sustainability data and um, uh, there's also kind of stricter criteria for reporting and I think there's also kind of an auditing requirement okay. so kind of a lot of stricter and wider uh, expectations towards companies which will then naturally have the effect that that more and more companies also the smaller ones that haven't had to sort of for example IT companies have maybe been too insignificant but going forward, we'll need to provide their data as they are part of the uh, value chain for other companies. Okay, so yet another reason to look into sustainability then. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm hoping companies wouldn't be doing this just for the sake of reporting, because in my mind, the ultimate goal needs to be to uh, save the planet for our children, but uh, but if nothing else, then then uh, at least based on this, uh, companies will have to. There's some some encouragement there as well. Yes. Um, another term that I came across uh, that didn't ring a bell is cloud green ops. Can uh, can one of you explain what that is? Sure. Um, so. Again, um, there well in, in the cloud and even even on prem, I guess there's this uh, financial optimization or operational optimization. Uh, it's FinOps, so it's trying to be in control of the cost. So in the cloud, it's the cloud costs. So trying to make sure that we don't have projects running or or machines running in the background uh, doing nothing. Um, so making sure that we understand all the projects, all the different applications that are running and for what reason and how long they're running and, and, and also identifying who's responsible for the cost. So giving kind of like having a map of all the stakeholders and the people that are responsible for this. And GreenOps mm-hmm. is taking this step a bit further. It's, it's the same kind of principles, but it's trying to uh, optimize also on the sustainable side. So GreenOps or it could be sustainability ops. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. Um, and it's trying to, re- it's 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 a, an approach that is trying to reduce carbon emissions, uh, first of all, but also, you know, being more responsible in the usage and consumption of cloud resources. So it's very tightly related to FinOps in that sense, because it follows the same principle, not having machines running 24 seven for no reasons. And then when we choose, uh, these machines, then we try to look at also efficiency versus cost and also energy usage versus performance. So try and like if if we just just a, a, a kind of like a silly example, but if we look at a machine that uh, has 50% uh, less energy consumption for 10% reduced performance, then maybe we should choose that machine over a machine that performs more 
or better, mm -hmm. but uh, with more energy usage. So it's it's also about like looking at these ratio and establishing like principles or framework to standardize this approach uh, over the whole cloud usage and, and organization. So it's it's quite an interesting practice, and I think it can go a bit further looking at different indicators, but that also we need to rely on the hyperscalers or cloud providers to provide us with more information to help us doing this. Okay. Is sustainability also something that um, can or should be taken into account um, when companies build new applications? Like, is that something that can drive decisions around architecture and how you design applications, for example? And can you maybe give an example where um, where this is the case? Sure. Um, I'll give you I'll give you the classic uh, cloud migration example. So mm -hmm. if we're coming from this on-prem world, uh, we have machines or servers that are running some applications, uh, probably 24-7, and then we want to migrate to the cloud. So there's two ways of doing that. There's lift and shift, and then there's also re like modernizing or refactoring, rehosting kind of the application to make it uh, cloud native uh, or mm -hmm. cloud compatible. If we stay in this lift and shift, then it's just about spinning up virtual machines that will run 24-7 to do the same kind of workloads. And in that sense, you know, um, that architecture, it will still provide the same product, same pro probably the same quality, but uh, we won't leverage all of what we talked about which is possible with the cloud, uh, namely serverless um, uh, or leveraging this elasticity and event-driven architecture, for example. But then if we do go cloud native, then we might be able or we should be able to leverage these native services that basically will allow us to have us, uh, like storage, uh, elastic storage, where we won't have to provision with these disks and also a compute that can be spun up and shut shut down when when not needed so processing data we will have machines that will turn on when we need and then will be turned off when we don't need so these architectures and general like high level kind of like thinking uh, and and cloud culture is needed to be able to be more sustainable and designing the solution specifically to 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 leverage these uh capabilities is definitely key yeah, I just thought that even in my uh, own work, I've come across seemingly small things, but uh, overall, over a long period of time, that can also make a difference. Like, even if you're not on serverless, you have VMs, but uh, you figure out after a while that actually you don't need your dev environment to run 24 by 7. You might want to switch it off for the weekend or even switch it off for the night if you know you don't actually use it 24 by 7 because your team is located in one place. In the end, those things would not only have a cost, positive cost impact, but also in terms of sustainability, right? Because you're not using those resources, you're more efficient. Good. Um, Tanya, maybe on to you. How does an engagement look like um, from like a North Cloud perspective? Because I understand sustainability is also something that uh, we have introduced in our portfolio of services. What are kind of the things that in your work you're able to help customers with when it comes to sustainability there is a lot so uh, kind of you can you can start small you can you can um, look at almost any it area and find different mechanisms and actions that that you can you can deploy in the interest of kind of becoming more 
more sustainable in, in your IT operations. Just maybe to, not, to name a few, I would start with kind of understanding your maturity level and your baseline. But then mm-hmm. uh, out of that, uh, you can then, and, and we can help you with that. So you can look at the devices, for example, as I said, the reuse policies and kind of the, the life cycle of, of, of devices and um, so the devices area is is, is really a, a key area next to the cloud. Then obviously in, in the infrastructure side there is the whole cloud transformation which which you can always put under the sustainability headline mm-hmm. in terms of a, a business benefit and, and a planetary benefit in the application area. We can look at the whole life cycle of an application uh, use that for compa- comparing different options. You can teach your people green coding and um, in general terms also educate the, the whole team in, in, in terms of sustainability. Uh, there's so the whole kind of vendor management space where where to uh, uh, kind of define requirements for, 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 for vendors and um, there, there's a lot. Uh, you can implement incentives for the for the people to to uh, to kind of act and behave uh, as IT professionals in a more uh, environmentally sustainable way, and so on and so forth. There's a lot. Got it. Um, I was wondering, can you talk to an actual case study without maybe naming the actual names and? Mm-hmm. What like the going in position was of the customer, what we were able to help them with, and what the what the end result was. Yes, absolutely. So one of these clients that that we worked with uh, came to us with a very specific request. So they had an a particular area of of IT where they wanted to. It was not all of their um, mm-hmm. IT applications, but one area where they wanted to migrate from on-prem environment to to the cloud, to hyperscale uh, cloud, and um, and they wanted to understand if this truly is something that they can justify with sustainability. So, is there truly an emissions reduction associated with that? So, can we calculate that? So, the mm-hmm. the task was really really clear for us. So. Can you prove or can we somehow quantify the emissions impact of the cloud migration that we're going to do for this particular scope? And and we did. Of course, we always need to understand when we're talking about lifecycle assessments or if we're talking about any emissions calculations and things like that, they are exactly that. They are calculations, though. They're always based on some sort of assumptions and constants and factors that you need to take into account. So, so far, we don't have like sensors in computers which would produce mm-hmm. the electricity consumption kind of reliable number so they are calculations anyway there is a book called sustainable it playbook for mm-hmm. technology leaders and uh, it has a, a very good tool for for calculating this type of emissions impact for a number of it services and uh, we use that logic to calculate this and we came to a number of 35% of emissions uh, reduction. Mm-hmm. So quite quite a significant uh, number. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's a very nice example. Thank you for sharing. Quentin, I want to come back for one second to your background and what you did, you know, in your previous life, uh, quote unquote. 
I was wondering how that compares to what you're doing now in terms of, again, the sustainability topics. Obviously, previously, I assume it was much less technology focused. Uh, right now it is more. Can you, can you speak to that and uh, kind of reflect how those two worlds compare? Um, that's a very good uh, question. Um, I guess in, in my previous work, as you said, I mean, the technical parts to it are very different. Uh, you know, it's like very calculation and theoretical based. So we rely on frameworks like this life cycle assessment is a standard, um, both uh, international and American standard. Uh, so we can only use some specific source for or sources for calculating uh, different impacts and there's uh, a way to do it. And, and in that sense, um, it's very it's very easy then to understand the impacts of one service or one product because this lifecycle assessment can cover a service like delivery service, for example, or a product which can be a phone, a computer, or can be a house or a building. So the, the even though the, the scale might be different, the, the calculation is uh, very similar, it's standardized. In my current work now, um, sustainability is more in the background the foreground is really really related to how to leverage cloud uh, efficiently, how to leverage data efficiently. Uh, what do we call or what 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 we should look for when we build these data products uh, and and even try to go and do AI on top of it. And all of the principles kind of resembles the sustainability approach. So we have to focus on quality data. We have to also look ahead and and think when we collect data what kind of data uh, we should also keep collecting and storing, even if we're not using it yet, but we might mm -hmm. uh, use it in the future. And also be wary about trying to streamline a solution or standardize a solution so that when we produce a table, a data table or a report, then we can also reuse that uh, report or that data table somewhere else in another part of the, the, the organization or company or, or like make it uh, interoperable. So every solution that we develop, every table, every asset that we develop need to be shareable and interoperable to avoid like duplication of data and, and allow for, you know, sharing and also ensuring that we can trust and rely on that data. So understanding where it where it's coming from and all of that. And all of these principles in the data world are very, very similar to the sustainability world, like knowing where the product comes from, uh, knowing mm -hmm. who product who produced or developed this product or the service, these services. Uh, and it's the same in data. So trying to make sure that, for example, if we have two different business units related to finances, so maybe procurement and internal finances and, and maybe external um, external stuff, like we, we need some manufacturers or, or something else, then these two business units or these three different business units might have or might rely on the same data source and then build different data products with very slightly different needs or very slightly different you know, evolutions in their tables. And instead of letting them process the raw data three times differently, we should process mm -hmm. it once and make sure that they can build their products based on that one uh, process and not duplicating data and not overcomplicating what we're storing uh, in the cloud or, or on-prem. So basically that's, that's about it, right? It's looking at it holistically, looking ahead and understanding how to make sure we can 
rely on what we're producing, so data in that sense, and how we can share it internally or even externally, monetize it, productize it also can be a possibility. But in the sustainability world, data is very, very important. They have come up with this common data data model. Uh, and basically the water industry will have data sets that will be reusable in the energy industry and waste industry. So to make sure that whatever data asset they produce, they, it can be used across organization and across industries. And I think we should follow that model. Kind of closing up, I would like to ask um, both of you, but maybe starting with you, Tanya, about your motivation and how it makes you feel working on this topic, because you know it may be not in the forefront of everybody uh, who's strictly technical, but in the end, you know, there's just uh, we just have one worldwide. <laughs> we want to take care of it, and unless Elon gets us to Mars, it's only the one place where we know uh, and we can live. So, for you on a day-to-day -day basis. Does it kind of fill you with joy and pride that you can work on this topic? Is it like close to your heart? Yes, absolutely. I think this is perfect in that sense that um, I've been in work life for a long time already. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's it's really wonderful to be be, do, be doing, first of all, something new for myself and, and learning. So I've learned so yeah. much. So I've been doing this now for, for a year and, and the learning curve has been huge. And, um, and, and there is truly this kind of meaning, meaningfulness in, in, in doing, doing what I'm doing now. So, and I truly believe in, I mean, I'm, I'm always talking about this, this two sides of the coin that, that there is the, green IT, the sustainable IT, which means that kind of bringing down the emissions, but then there is always the, uh, the, the, the other side of kind of trying to find out what we can do with technology and data and, and analytics and, and, and artificial intelligence and all of that uh, to come up with new solutions, which will help uh, companies uh, bring down their environmental footprint. So I think this is truly, truly meaningful and 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 very mm -hmm. very significant as as seen from many different perspectives. Yeah, certainly a fulfilling type or area of of work to spend your time on. Um, Quentin, any reflections from you on the same same topic? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's an, it's, it's interesting, right? Because as I came from that world uh, with that background. Uh, and going into data and IT, of course, um, it's it's quite different. But as you're, you're right, um, when when I have the chance to contribute and and know that uh, whatever I provide as you know advice or or even guidelines or a solution that we might design with the team, if I know that it's going to help reducing the usage, making it smarter, more efficient. I know, I know that it, it contributes a little bit, at least to, to the goal of being more sustainable. Um, and then when, when we address the topic directly, so not more on the data aspect, but really on the sustainability aspect, um, usually mm -hmm. what, what I'm trying to do is trying to make sure that we, uh, or, or, or we as a company or a team, or even me as an individual, I don't come off as a greenwasher. So always trying to, because that's very easy to slide into um, mm -hmm. or to slip into, let's say, and, and making sure that always nuance kind of like the, the, the way we present things, because of course, um, 
going into the clouds, leveraging renewables, uh, renewable energy powering these data centers. This is one thing. But overall, um, as it's always true with sustainability in every domain, and not only IT, um, it's about trying to reduce our consumption. And, uh, and if we do have to use uh, any service or any product, then it's about using it uh, in a smarter way. So, yeah, like for like just a silly example again, but if uh, you have a domestic flight, um, like in France from Paris to the south, uh, for example, maybe it's better to mm -hmm. use the train. Um, so, so these these kind of things, right? Like we, we can still do business as usual and and rely on on new ways like the cloud and stuff. But maybe sometimes it's it's better to be a bit slower, um, but still provide the same. You know, it's the same service. Like you go from point mm -hmm. A to point B, and it will take you maybe four hours with the train. But if you take the plane, it's going to take you one hour flight time. But you have to be there an hour in advance. You will be there maybe an hour later just to wait for your baggage, maybe. So overall, you know, this is the ratio and the ratios that we're looking at. So for me, it's it's always about nuancing and trying to make sure that people understand that sustainability and technology also like can help on sustainability. But overall, uh, being sober uh, is something uh, that is very important. One of my teacher in my in when I was studying this topic mm -hmm. said that basically to save the planet, if we wanted to save the planet, it's a lot better to be poor and not caring at all about sustainability than to be rich and and being and being an advocate for sustainability because the impacts are not on the same scale. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting. And um, kind of uh, on top of that, so um, I also think that as seen from my personal life, but also as seen from my work role perspective, this is really an exploration, kind of a journey to understand what are the options. So I'm kind of quite conscious every time I talk about sustainable IT or cloud sustainability, that this is not the kind of the end of all of the discussions, but there is mm -hmm. so much more to come and we need to kind of be, we need to adopt that type of a mindset that, that this is an exploration. So, so we don't know when we start calculating something, it will produce surprises and sometimes it's disappointing. You will notice I was thinking I'm making a big impact. Mm, it's not that much or the the other the 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 opposite so so you mm -hmm. kind of start somewhere and and you end up with a surprise oh wow this truly has an impact so it makes sense to continue with this so it's it's a journey it's an it's an kind of an adventure to 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 go and explore all of the options yeah it's definitely one of the key takeaways for myself what we started about talking about all of the different ways that sustainability can be well not maybe achieved but worked on the different aspects it's not one big lever that you can pull and then say okay now we are sustainable but everything from the actual procurement of the devices to how you use them how you code how you set up your infrastructure in terms of application infrastructure and so on and so on it's very very wide approach and various aspects that we can touch on. Another takeaway for me is also that, again, from my personal experience, uh, sometimes working in IT, it, uh, you feel yourself, or maybe it's just me, or somewhat uh, you know, detached from reality and your physical things because everything tends to be you know, remote and virtual and, and so on. But sustainability strikes me as one of the 
areas where you can really bring it back home, so to say, in the sense that you start to understand, okay, this actually has a direct impact on the place we live on our planet, because if I can make this code run more efficient or only have it uh, run when I need it and so on, this is actually having a direct impact. So I think it's uh, it's a nice aspect to keep in mind when working in our otherwise rather digital <laughs> area of work. And yeah, another thing that I thought about is as engineers, we generally tend to consider efficiency to be quite beautiful because there's nothing more beautiful, at least again, in my personal experience than an error log, which is empty or a code that runs very, uh, very efficient, uh, which is now I've learned not only, uh, you know, beautiful, but also adds or helps with the sustainability part. Then uh, I think we can bring it to a close here. I want to, as usual, thank both of you for taking the time to talk to me today. I found it very interesting and I hope our listeners and viewers will feel the same way. It's a very important topic. Once again, we only have this one blue spinning ball around us. So we want to take good care of it and sustainability is a very important topic in this respect. So again, thank you both and I wish you a good day. Thank you, Wojtek. Thanks for having us. Thanks, bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cloud Core Podcast. For more information, you can always reach us at northcloud.com.